Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Aaron. Hey! And John. Hello! I uh, got slightly confused there. I was about to say Dave and then I realised, wait, he's not here. Um, so I kind of got myself a bit thrown. I was like, who am I? Who am I he's first? The, the unhealthy scratch. He's the unhealthy scratch tonight. Um, I think this seems to be the way the podcast is going. Um, see, as someone returns, another one leaves. So uh, next week's going to be, pro- or the next recording, Aaron's probably going to be your turn. So you can go somewhere and then the other two will be here. I think you've only got two mates and we just keep morphing between us. <laughs> we don't actually exist. Like two yeah. friends. <laughs> you've only got two, two friends. Two friends in total? Yeah. yeah. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> You just get Why were you even brought back into the fold? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, how's it going, John? Yeah, good. Uh, nice time away. Uh, I was waiting. Did you not France. end up in hospital though? Me? No. Was that not some, the last podcast? Did we not? He say was that? sick, and he was in the hotel room sick. I was sick. Yes. That definitely morphed. From I, the very, hotel I very, I very nearly collapsed. Can we in say? Come at both ends. No, uh, is that? It, what? That's not what was happening. That's not um, No, I very nearly oh, the collapsed. Hotel? He was coming out the entrance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I very nearly collapsed in uh, Bordeaux Airport. Um, went very lightheaded and quite nauseous. Uh, didn't throw up, not even on the plane. I did quite well. And then for a couple of days in Birmingham, I felt like absolute crap. I'd feel sick too being there. <coughs> well, the canals Sorry are for nice. Everybody from Birmingham. Canals are nice. Um, they definitely smell better than the lagon on a good day. To be fair, the only part of Birmingham I ever see is the the bullring. That's the only part I ever see because every single time I go to Birmingham. It's always for the same. They go to the same place. So I either go to the NEC, which is right at the airport. So you're going from the airport over to the NEC, or I'm going right into the centre and just at the building. That's pretty much the only place I'm ever I'm ever at. So I haven't seen anything else apart from those two areas. Well, I wasn't there for any particular reason. I just happened to be there with Catherine while she was there, and gotta admit, totally went to Primark. Is it huge? It's amazing. <laughs> like you know how it's there's normally says. it was. Do you know how there's like normally in any other Primark anywhere there's like all of it is like women and kids and like towels and homeware and there's like the man corner with like four shelves and that's about it it was a whole floor of guys stuff like honestly if i had a more money and b a bigger suitcase you mean more money you go in the pre-market and you buy the shop for a hundred pound do you not i didn't have a hundred pound with me at the time okay i've just been to france (laughs) and you lost all of your money in france all my money buying three drinks um so john you missed out on last the last recording um and in the last recording we kind of gave our did we get your thoughts i don't think we did get your thoughts on who you thought was going to win the league we didn't yes get yours. Did i we get sent them through and you sent them out we did we did sorry apologies did we take the mick out of you no we wouldn't have that doesn't us? sound like us never no um so this week um we are just back to our normal uh show again very little news really coming from the nhl or not NHL, sorry, that's the wrong word. And for period two, we haven't got a lot of information, a lot of news. Um, it's been very slow paced, obviously, given the fact that the NHL, as what I was trying to say, um, hasn't really returned just yet. So hopefully in the next few weeks that will pick up. Um, but what we'll do before we get started into our three periods of hockey, we will get a quick roundup of the current standings. Um, so as we said last week, um, and I see him again this week, not, um, can't really take too much away from the can't really take too much from the standards at this time we're really only about two or three weeks into the regular season i think the most uh any team has really played is the sheffield steelers with five games i think they've played one game more than 
um, the other highest teams, um, and some of some of the other teams have only played two games, um, so we can't really determine yet anything from that. But we'll take a look at the rundown of the league and to see where the teams are sitting. So sitting in first place, uh, currently with four games played and six points, is the five Flyers. And second is Sheffield with five games and six points. And Glasgow Clans sit in third place with three games played and four points. Uh, Panthers and Manchester Storm, fourth and fifth, also with four points uh, from four games and three games. Giants are currently sitting in sixth with uh, three points from two games played. Dundee, uh, four games, three points. Cardiff in eighth with two games, two points. Guildford with three games, two points. And then sitting at the bottom is the Coventry Blaze with uh, four games played with two points. Guys, thoughts on that before we look at the cup? Far too early to tell anything. Yeah. Way, way too early, as we said last uh, in the last in, in the last uh, podcast. Very early days. Um, not a lot to take from it. I think a lot of the action at this time has been taking place in the uh, Challenge Cup section. I, am, I think if I'm right, correct in saying. Um, so if we take a quick look just at the Challenge Cup and the standings there because the majority of the games at the start of the season have been played in, in that competition. So we look there just quickly. Um, obviously, uh, we look at... at um, group A, which is uh, Dundee, Fife, Glasgow and Belfast. Dundee are currently sitting top of that with four games played and six points with Fife, uh, Belfast and Glasgow, or sorry, Fife, Glasgow and Belfast in that order, uh, all with two points each. Uh, what we would say is though that Fife and Giants have played two games while Glasgow has played four games and only two points. Um, so This is going to be a really stupid yep. question. Why is Glasgow above the Giants here? More uh, it'll be on goals, goal difference. Yeah, goal difference at this point. Oh, okay. Yes, of course. Uh, goal difference. Um, so it'll be goals for, then goals against, um, and then however else the league is separating it. If you want to crawl through that absolute nightmare of a competition rule book, then feel free. Um, so yeah, I mean, our group, we're sitting at the bottom at the minute. I don't, I don't expect we're going to stay there. No. no, I can't imagine. So. Um, the uh this the past weekend this past weekend seeing obviously the Giants play Dundee, um in the cup um to which Dundee took home a, a really impressive win. No 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 Dundee didn't take home an impressive win. Their netminder took their netminder home an impressive had win. a blinder of game sixty something shots against and only three goals. In. It was a phenomenal Unreal. game. He had a he had a we said on the night you can't you can't always say that you know um. Like we always say, always I think a lot of people always say, um, whenever like teams lose, they say, "Oh, but you were up against a hot night at a hot netminder." In this case, and in this game, we were up against a very hot netminder. He was honestly played out of his skin. He I was in, very impressed. It's a combination. Yes, he faced a lot of shots. The other thing was there weren't a lot of quality shots. No, um, there was not much that really tested. And I spoke to you at that game um, and said, "Look." Any of the goals that we got came from dirty areas. There was one cracking shot that came through from, I think it was Curtis Hamilton. Yep. Um, absolutely cracking goal. Uh, caught the goalie, glove side, uh, sort of between the glove and uh, the post. Absolutely sweet shot. The other two goals were redirects in front of goal. Um, so dirty shots. The shots from the point, and we were being forced out to the point by uh, Dundee's defence. Now, to say that they did a good job would be a lie because you don't do a good job as a defence if your goalie's taking 60-odd shots in a game. But they were limiting those shots to non-10 
testing shots. They were all coming in from long range or the netminder had so much time to see them coming that they weren't a risk. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I said this at the game as well. I I, I was clear, You could clearly see that Dundee's defence were closing down quite quickly. They closed in and they were pretty much right there. They were in. Whereas I think the Giants, you know, rightly or wrongly, I think... They had a really bad day at the, at the um at you know at work pretty much on 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 the night um with I think I mean two breakaway two goals two breakaway goals and those two breakaway goals I mean that's happened I mentioned to you I think me three of us were sitting and we were chatting about this and I said the one thing that I've noticed about this team so far this season is they've been the f- their forecheck has been unbelievable like they're current they're constantly up front they're constantly always in you know the offensive always constantly in the offensive zone getting in there getting in there. But to their detriment, this week and past, it was clear that that was disc- that was a weakness because two breakaways and it was just yeah it happened. And, and don't was- don't take away there the next night we played Nottingham and it happened again. Now they didn't result in goals. Um, Shane Owen stood on his head in the game against Nottingham. Now they were in the same position that we were in the previous night. They didn't get a lot of quality chances and quality shots on Shane Owen because our defense in the main was closing down on any offence that the Panthers were putting forward. But there were a couple of breakaways and Shane Owen pulled out some absolute worldies to keep that as a shutout and his first career shutout for the Giants. Yeah. Um. So we are letting a lot of breakaways away um, because our defensive guys are sitting so high in the play. Um, and that's something that we're going to have to watch through the rest of the season. Well, it's um, good that it's happened. It's not good that it's happening, but if, if it's going to happen... Well, it's let, good it's happening now. Let, let it happen now. Um, but I think it it's something that we're going to see a fair bit because I think that's the way that this team is set up. We have very offensive defensemen. Um, Kevin Rain has been proving that... Well, he's been proving that for the last couple of seasons, but there's now a core of defensemen who are very similar in game style to what he is. Agreed. Um, so, I mean, it's almost a, an entire defense of Kevin Rain's. That's not to put anyone else down I'm not trying to have a go at either Kevin or anyone else on the defense but that's clearly a setup which Adam Keefe is going with this year is an, a heavily offensive defense mm, would, I would I would tend to agree um but we will probably talk about that we, we will pro- we will end up talking about I think this is quite a, quite a thing that we will talk about throughout the season I think it's as you say at least it's happened at this point and uh, we'll we'll continue to hopefully progress as we go through and hopefully this is just a little that was only a one blip let's be honest I mean yes the Giants also lost the week before I think it was the 2-1 in overtime against Manchester Storm yep. um, and again let's be honest it hasn't been that bad of a start at all um, let's look at Challenge Cup Group B which consists of Cardiff Devils sitting there top in first place with uh, four points from three games played Guildford with uh, three games played and three points and Coventry Blaze with two games played and two points. Um, the reason why uh, I just wanted to mention this one was uh, Coventry's game. I don't know if you've seen the highlights of Coventry's game there this past weekend in the Challenge Cup against Cardiff Devils uh, where they also took a, I don't want to sound the way it sounds, but a surprise win of 5-1 against the Cardiff Devils. No, that that, that was say surprising. That, that is surprising. That was surprise. a surprise win. Yeah. I mean, watching back the highlights as well, that was a, that was a, a different level of commentary players that I haven't seen in a, in, a, in a while. I haven't watched the highlights. The only thing I have watched is uh, Andrew Lord's interview after that game because yes. that was the second loss on the trot that weekend for them. They they had a zero-point weekend, which is not what the, sort of that organization is all about. Um, and sort of 
there was almost complete meltdown online from uh, Devils fans as well, which is it's quite funny, um, especially when some Giants fans jump on and decide to have a go. Um, it's kind of kind of awkward. You don't want to think, oh, go for it and uh, have a go at them now. It's maybe a little bit early. Let's not count our chickens yeah, uh, yep. before they've hatched here. Um, but yeah, it was it was quite entertaining. Almost as funny as Fitzy's interview a few weeks ago, but not almost not but quite, uh fits- not quite i mean lord managed to sort of keep it together and be a little bit more analytical and he did he put it at the doorstep of his players and said it's not acceptable um just have to wait and see how they get on this weekend and see if there's a reaction yeah fitzy you mentioned fitzy there but his uh his uh weekend his weekend pass was a good one um for him obviously <sighs> wasn't it just um beating cardiff 6-2 on saturday and then they won 4-3 against sheffield on the sunday i mean he was uh he was a completely different it was a oh, he's a happy yang. coach it was a yin and yang of uh interviews this past weekend for for fitzy like have you seen that answering questions he was actually answering questions and he was very articulate this weekend funny enough um, looking at the last group then Group C um, is uh, consists of uh, Sheffield Steelers sitting there in first place with four points from three games played Nottingham Panthers in second place with four points from three games and Manchester Storm with no points from two games um, guys your thoughts on this before we move on anything I don't really care nothing <laughs> fair enough Nottingham and Sheffield can do whatever they like and I feel really sorry for Manchester I, that group. I would agree I think it was uh, I think it, unfortunately it was a nail in the coffin pretty much from as soon as we see, you seen this you seen that that group was consistent of those three teams I think Manchester was always going to have a bit of an uphill struggle with that one and seeing as they haven't really um, done much in the league either I think it was kind of an inevitability that they were going to struggle when it came to the Challenge Cup okay um Let's go on to let's if that takes us to the end of that. I don't think we have anything else to say on the standing, so uh, let's get uh, stuck into our period one of hockey. Okay, period one is our roundup of local coverage of hockey from around the UK. Um, guys, we have bits and pieces, some bits to talk about. Um, I think actually. I think we have some bits to talk about here and then we also have some bits in the penalty box segment. Yeah, um, we do. So what we'll do is maybe... Oh, yes. <laughs> um, what we'll do is maybe, John, will we go with your story first or should yeah. we... Will we will your story? Yeah, we'll go with your story first uh, and then um, I'll take over with my story and then we'll get into the penalty box. Cool. Um, so this was um, the news that the EIHA uh, and the NIHL are officially moving to the four official system uh, immediately. So... I think there'd been talk about them doing this um, sort of pre-season, um, but on September the 23rd, so only a few days ago, um, they finally came out and uh, said that, yes, the the second tier competition in the UK was going to move to the, the four official system. Uh, the official press release says, amongst other things, um, that this will uh, seek to bridge the gap between the existing NIHL and the Elite League for both players and officials. Um, they're essentially saying that this is going to help to keep players uh, and officials safe on the ice. Um, it's not before time. I think that there has been some online criticism. Um, I think very similar to the criticism that we had when the Elite League moved to the four-man system in that a lot of fans who are NIHL regulars are a little bit worried that they're maybe going to pull on a lot of officials who don't have a lot of experience. Um, so they're, I think, worried that they're going to see a lot of maybe medium quality linesmen being given the orange stripes uh, and being moved up to referee. And that's not to take away from the fact that the guys have obviously passed all their exams, they've done everything that they have to to qualify as referees. 
Um, but they're maybe worried that they're going to end up with quite a lot of under-experienced guys refereeing these games. Um, and yeah, this is this want- is the National League. This is second tier. This is officially second tier hockey. Sorry, Siri. <laughs> Was Siri trying to give us stuff about hockey leagues? Tomorrow? Siri has literally said more on this podcast now than you than have. I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she was more polite. Um, so yeah, they're, it's good. I think it's good that they've moved on to this, but I think the, the risk here is that they maybe move people up a little bit early. It's one thing to bear in mind, especially given the last weekend that we've just had here in Belfast again, and yet again, an individual... Andy Dalton made himself very publicly sort of out there in a couple of calls, especially the five-minute major that was called on... uh, Was that the game against the Panthers? For Yeah, it was. So it was the game against the Panthers. It was deemed as a five-minute major for tripping. Um, But we saw it live. I said it was a head check. Was it the Dundee game? I I can't remember. It was one of of them. Yeah, Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was the Dundee game. Um, so it was very very clearly to me hip on hip it was a hip check but Andy Dalton called it as a, a five minute major major um, and uh, sorry a five minute major and a game misconduct Conduct, yeah um, so but so far we've seen nothing out of uh, Dops because and Dops no reviews are mm. out seemingly yeah. so yeah Yes. So we've we've seen it. That was a different story. I was about to get into something completely separate there, but yeah, you're right. This weekend pass was just that was just. I think everyone in that arena could see more than what he could. But this is and this there's is a couple of just because you were talking about refs and about the level of refs and stuff. But we did see as well, even this past weekend, even in the elite league, we had two refs on the ice who had completely different fundamental opinions on a, on certain actions because you've seen two of them have an argument. You've seen at one point you've seen in, on the ice here in Belfast two referees that were kind of like. I don't agree with you on what happened there, but they've done it. You could see physically. Oh yeah, we, you could see we had a, we had a referees conference at one point um, at Centre Ice. Yep. Um, where I think a call had been made, and the two of them stood for well over a minute talking about the call that had just been made. And I understand that these guys, these younger referees, they are being partnered up. So we saw it in Belfast through the whole weekend. We had the same four officials through the whole weekend, and we saw Dean Smith being partnered up with Andy Dalton. Dean Smith is a an experienced elite league referee we think that his left arm probably hurts from the number of slashing calls that he calls uh, slashing down on his left arm with his right arm he must leave every game with a bruise um, but I actually had a lot of time for Dean Smith this weekend I think the calls that he made were correct I don't think he had a bad period mm. across six periods in Belfast I think Andy Dalton had a couple of mares. Um, I think he had one or two periods which he would... Um, I know we talk about like goalies or players wanting a period back or a goal back or whatever. I think Andy Dalton would want one or two of those periods back and a couple of those calls back um, because they were clearly not correct. Um, it's just, it would be nice to know what the development is going forward, how perhaps the, the referee section reviews those calls and takes that back to those referees and goes... No, that's not right. You can't call that. Um, it would just be nice to have a, that much of an understanding uh, of how that system works. And now, with the NIHL moving to the four-man system, what I'm hoping is that they might have some teething problems, but then we start to see the development over a few years and we start to see it bleed into the Elite League. Um, so it's nothing but um, good news, I think, in the long term. The short term, there might be some teething problems, but we'll deal with it. I always find that 
<clears throat> we've talked about this before, but the NHL, NIHL, and we've talked about their reference system. We've talked about their um, penalty system in terms of you, know, you get a penalty, you get match penalties, you get um, well, they as have part the penalty of that, you get your penalty point system in terms of like you know you get five points for whatever it is. But I always I always think that there it's interesting to see how the NIHL suspensions are so more rig, not rigid. That's the wrong word. They're they're length. There's some of them are far lengthier for the same penalty. In the NHL, well, than what you would get in the elite league. Thing. So, for They're... example, this past weekend, um, one of the players for Oxford City Stars, David Manning, um, he was suspended. He uh, got a match penalty for a check into the head um, against the Bracknell Hornets. And the offence for that one is a suspension of six games for a check to the head. Where in the elite league, you get maybe one, two games maximum, maybe, for a check to the head. And you'd maybe get maybe five or six if it was like a repeat kind of offense type thing. But yeah, six games and then five penalty points. <laughs> You're just like, mm, such a big difference anyway. But yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see. As you say, what you do tend to find as well is that refs, linesmen and everything else do pop into the league who come from the NIHL. So as you say, for having a four-man system, they're developing down there. You know, is that making a will that make a move up for in the future for more um, refs to come in? Yeah. Speaking of refs, it takes us nicely into our next topic kind of um elite league uh lock up your refs hide them and keep them safe uh the this past week um sees a bit of a uh i suppose a, a change in the lineup for the sheffield steelers already into warm up the, that revolving door in sheffield we're into what the third week of the league or so third or fourth week in the league and uh some people some changes already uh so this past week um the sheffield steelers announced um that there was a change of players um, um after quite a short space of time um but i think the real topic i think the real um interesting part of it was the fact that um the player that was announced to come in um was uh has shall we say history with refs he's got history with the stripes from last season with uh with yeah especially in sweden um so this past week the um sheffield steelers have announced the signing of uh 29 year old lucas sandstrom uh coming from sweden uh i think the main story as we kind of mentioned there uh, is that he has had some interesting um i think it was a lengthy ban shall we say in sweden um having um, had an altercation twice, I believe, last season um, with Swedish officials um, on the ice. Don't know the full details, don't know the full story. Two stories I could find were both in Swedish and even Google Translate couldn't really do the job to let me know exactly what was going on. But he's coming in uh, to replace um, Martin Sint... Martin St. Pierre, um, who was officially in as a short-term deal. Um, we say in inverted commas, but... Uh, the contract came to they both agreed that the contract came to an end and he takes over over there but I think the interesting story coming out of this one wasn't the replacement of the player I think is the fact that they have signed a player who has history um, who is coming in off a quite a big ban in Sweden so he's currently still banned he's currently banned and from playing that, in Sweden that's why he's coming over so he's currently banned in Sweden not allowed to play and I think that was the the whole thing is that people are saying right well you know are is he going to be coming into this league Will the refs be aware of what's going on and will there be a bit of a, you know... Mm. I am absolutely sure every single one of those refs will know fine rightly what this guy's history is. Um, there is absolutely no way that you could avoid this news story whenever it broke. Um, I think he was signed officially, um, sort of announced by the Steelers and about 20 minutes later I saw the first tweet and the first Facebook post saying this guy has um, gone after refs not once but twice. twice. Yep. Um, 
So, like, there's no way that our stripes haven't seen this. No. And like a- his card will be marked already. So if he is a hothead and has a habit for going after um, stripies, we know fine rightly that even our referees, they don't even take verbals from players. Like, they will just call abusive officials. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he is a bit mouthy with one or two of the, the sort of local elite league refs and takes uh, an abuse of the officials call, what his reaction will be, because our refs are quick to call that. So could that send him over the edge? See, I read somewhere, I read in one, I read in one of them that it was uh, a lengthy ban, similar to like Nickerson idea, and that it was a lengthy ban over a number of games. So I think it was like, a, I think I read one place I read, it was like 50 game suspension or whatever it was. But then I read another story somewhere, again, again, Swedish, really bad translation. I think it's on this page where it was like a lifetime ban. But again, I don't know if that was correct oh. or not. There's, there's interesting stuff. So I've seen bits and pieces that, Technically, it may still have been under investigation by their oh, really? okay. um, whatever investigating body they have. So there will be sort of no um, carry on investigation because he's now left the league, um, which seems unusual because like knowing Sheffield, he could play three games, then he could be looking for another job in Sweden. Yep. Um, so to me, it seems I would take that one with a pinch of salt because I would imagine that the Swedish league would still be looking at that with a basis to serve him with uh, a ban even while he's in a different league um, so that he's potentially serving that while he's away Um, or in the same position that we had with the Nickerson ban that essentially if he was to sign somewhere he would still serve out that ban Um, so the same thing I would imagine would be true if this guy uh, goes back if uh, if Lucas comes back but like I say, it'll be interesting to see how he reacts whenever he, he comes in here and how he gets on with our, our stripies. These guys have been quite, you keep saying altercations. This article clearly says attacks. Uh, <laughs> it's also, it's also Google Translated. <laughs> so attacks and tackling assistant referees. Yeah. Are you being very... I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I, as much as the next person, would love to see a player spear tackle uh, a linesman or a referee. As long as it was done, that there was no injuries or anything, I think it would be quite interesting to see you know fine rightly it would make international press because like you can't have any sort of major altercation in the elite league without it ending up on some kind of uh hockey news or um bar down or something that always ends up being discussed somewhere um so i mean a a player assaulting or having a go a referee absolutely that's just going to be viral for the league game well we let's let's give us something to talk about let's (laughs) stick with that we're talking one uh police investigation we'll move into another and we'll move quickly and swiftly into our penalty box segment for this period um and we'll move over to the nihl tier two uh john you put this story on, so I will allow you to introduce it. Yeah, so I, I caught wind of this um, on, I think it was Monday, Monday afternoon, uh, I started getting wind of this. So on Sunday, the 22nd of September, there was a game between the Telford Tigers 2 and the D-Side Dragons in D-Side, um, in which, according to the statement which was issued um, on, I believe, Tuesday by the Telford Tigers, or sorry, on the Monday it was put out, sorry, um, the a Telford player uh, was sent to the penalty box and was verbally assaulted by a uh, off ice official. A second player was then physically assaulted uh, by the same off ice official, um, and this seems to be a successive 
situation which uh, happened last year as well. Telford have indicated that last season an under-18s player was similarly assaulted by an off-ice official um, <coughs> in D-side. We're saying, you're saying off-ice official, but let's let's put it in context. It's actually a player going and sitting in a penalty box for the for an opposing team's arena, and a penalty box official is the one sitting right beside him giving them the abuse. See, this one to is me is weird is? because we've, we've mm. watched... I've watched the video a few times Marty I know you've watched the video yep. Aaron's sitting watching it here just now no I watched it before but I didn't, is, I didn't get that it was these these penalty boxes are like these old school ones that you still get in Fife where Dundee, essentially the guys are jumping over the boards to go and sit on like the naughty stool um, there's no there's no plexi or anything there's no door that gets opened the players just jump over um, it seems an odd one I understand that they have to have somebody in there there has to be a, an off-ice official in that area um it just seems a very strange one that this person can be there and chirping and i totally understand that even with the elite league all of these people are volunteers they're all people who i'm sure at one point or another were just like us and sat in the stands watching these games <coughs> but now they are um wearing the striped jersey uh, or they're wearing a volunteer jersey and they're they're helping out the team if this is a reoccurrence from before, this is something that needs seriously looked at. Now, the the follow-up to this is that on the night, the Telford Tigers did contact North uh, Wales Police and a statement which I have seen uh, from North Wales Police is that they are investigating um, and are in full contact with the two teams. Um, Telford have said that no further statements will be made on this situation until the investigation is complete. Interestingly, there has been no statement either from the NIHL. D-side have also been very quiet. There has been nothing. So, so far, the only information that we have is from social media. So, we have the video which went up on Facebook. That is going to be on the website. So, if you want to go and have a look at it, it's on our website for this uh, podcast episode. So, go have a look at it. Um... We've then had this statement from Telford and essentially a confirmation statement from North Wales Police which says we are investigating. Um, So that is one that is definitely worth keeping an eye on. It's not the first time that we've seen uh, an an NIHL police investigation going alongside. We saw it with um, what was deemed to be basically a serious assault last season uh, but with one player essentially being investigated by the police. Um, I suppose... It's probably more likely to happen here because these guys are much more on the amateur end of pro-am. Um, so this is where people sort of get police involved and all the rest of it. Um, if true, and this is a reoccurrence from a season before, this is something that D-Side Dragons need to seriously address. Um, I mean, if it happened once, whether it was verbal or whether it was physical, this is a guy who should not be sitting in the penalty box uh, alongside opposition players. If he's going to be mouthy, put him in the home box because he should only really have access to probably your players if you're going to give him access to anyone. Well, um, if he keeps mouthing it, he shouldn't be doing it at all. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, and I'd, the other thing is as well, I know that some of these places, some of these teams in the lower leagues struggle to get crowds in. Uh, they're not playing in front of massive crowds. They're not playing to um, huge fan bases. So they probably do struggle. Um, it's probably quite difficult to get rid of a volunteer to get somebody else in to do that job and I can totally understand that but you have to put the franchise first yeah. you have to put the team first the badge yeah. on the front needs to be more important than any single part of it 
And if you've got a guy like that, get rid. It's not worth having yeah. because situations like this is what happens. Indeed. Um, okay, so we only have one more, I think, uh, penalty in our penalty box seven, and that is in the Elite League this time around. Um, and that is just one, just to make note of, which would be Brett Ferguson, correct, from Guildford? Yep. Uh, so Brett Ferguson, uh, last weekend in a game against Five Flyers, was deemed to have slew-footed. Um, can't remember who it was that he slew-footed. Uh, who was it? Can't remember. Carlo Funucci. Um, it's a fairly obvious one. Um the video is actually struggling to load here at the minute, but uh, if you've seen the video, it's a, a fairly easy one. The leg gets kicked out. It's um, a dangerous play. You're in a situation where you're coming up behind the player. The guy goes down. You could be looking at a serious crack to the back of the head there. Um, I think he's lucky to get away with one game, uh, considering that the video and Dops kind of make the statement that it is essentially a premeditated move. It's a premeditated body move. Um, he moves his leg in such a way that he is clearly going in to take the player below the waist and leads with the knee um, or with the, the lower part of his leg essentially for slew footing, that's why it's slew footing and not kneeing um, but yeah, I think one game it's not a statement from Dops um, I, Brett Ferguson, I don't think he's a repeat offender, I think this is probably the first time I've heard his name said by Dops um, so yeah it's uh, I don't think there's any arguing it. I think he's lucky to get one game. I think maybe two or three. Um, anyone else, I think, would walk away with two or three games. But yeah, it's out now. It's a very simple one. Uh, that video is on our website as well. Um, so you can go and have a look yourself. Yep. Um, and that's really it for our period one. I don't think we have... Oh, I've got one more thing. I typed it in earlier, but I didn't uh, draw your attention to it. I just very, very quickly... We don't do it that often, but I want to say well done to the Elite League because excuse me are you are yeah. you john well let's not let's not forget that i am corporate accredited john. Corporate, corporate john corporate john sorry well no let's not say corporate john i don't have my pass yet um i've no idea still what it means um look if you're listening which you clearly are not um <laughs> any idea where my uh, my media pass card is mate like honestly but no seriously i do want to say a well done to the elite league because this last weekend, for the first time, this was the first domestic games that I was able to go to, and the stats that are available online on the website through Game Center is such a move forward. Um, things like possession, things like face-offs, things like um, shot maps uh, are all available live as the game is happening while you're sitting in the arena. It's absolutely fantastic. So the three of us, me, Marty and Dave, were sitting watching, I think it was the game against Nottingham. Uh, we're sitting yes. watching. Um, in fact, no, it was the game against Dundee because we're looking at the shot map and it was basically just the whole offensive zone was covered in little dots from shots, all 60-odd of them. Um, but the stats that you're getting through, they're absolutely fantastic. And you can clearly tell that there's a lot more bodies up in the media box now um, who are providing these stats live through to the Elite League. And... I'm loving the fact that it's not just coming out of the SSE, it's coming from every game. So across the 10 rinks and the 10 arenas, or whatever you want to call them, um, there are people now providing these stats. It's nothing like what you get from the NHL app. Um, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. And just it's word. brilliant. It's brilliant yeah. to yeah, see. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to admit, when you first said, there, um, you know, we have to give two minutes to talk about the Elite League and praise them for what they're doing. I've got to agree with you. I think that is a really good step forward. I think it's, it's it is it is you mentioned like we were looking at the stuff and just some of the things were just 
unbelievable. And also then, and also was, we were wondering about this too, that there was live shot count or the shot count was going up So at the middle, during the games. middle of every period and the end of every period. So obviously at the end of every period, we're used to seeing the shot clocks be mm-hmm. adjusted for the, the shots through uh, that period. But now what we're seeing is at the first break and play after the 10 minute mark, we're also seeing updates to the shots. And that's clearly, I think, part of the update process that's going mm. to the Elite League website. Mm. So that must be part of that. And what they're doing is they're providing the shots for that 10-minute period uh, or that 10-minute section of each period. And then they're updating the shot clocks. And the likes of that game against Dundee, that was quite telling because we were seeing the giant shot clock go up and up and up. Rather than three times through the game, we saw it six times through the game. And that was interesting to see because we're able to go, look at the shots racking up here. There's like something going on here. We're getting all these shots, but we're not getting any goals. That's something that previously we wouldn't have been able to talk about, even just sitting in the stands, mm. until the end of each period. Yeah. So it's it sounds like something that's not massive, but to people like us, and Dave, I know fine rightly, they're not doing plus minus yet. I'm sure they'll get there. I know you're a big plus minus guy. They'll get there. Um, but what they're providing now is leaps and bounds above what they were doing before. And that has to go hand in hand with some of the media stuff. Um, and this is not me, again, trying to pander to the Elite League because they accredited me. Um, this is me looking at the media output, which is coming from the league at the minute. So like we had a laugh yesterday at the um, little gift that they put up of the player falling falling down in inverted commas shall we say yes so they actually poked fun at a diving call that was made uh this previous weekend um and also like another random thing that they're putting out is the um starting lineups so the the um starting lineups are actually going up pre-game for every game so if you look at the elite league twitter you'll actually get the team sheets being provided for every game uh before face-off that's just one of these things we're able to look at it so i was able to look at it the night of the nottingham game and was able to say we're there skating two extra players in us yeah um just those little insights into the game they're absolutely fantastic i also forgot that i wanted to mention one more thing <clears throat> in this period before you moved on um just because i just because i wanted to make sure we mentioned it it was just a just a follow-up and a kind of a reinforcement of a, of a message that um is going out um especially here in belfast um this past weekend we seen the giants do a donors weekend kind of thing yep um where they were trying to encourage people to sign up to give blood as well as to uh um to go on the donation register and everything else and so um full credit goes to um Laura and the the boys from View from the Bridge who've been really trying to push forward and kind of promote this, um, really moving forward and how important it is. So we were just wanted to, I just wanted to mention and bring everybody's attention to the uh, campaign that they're currently running alongside the giant at uh, the Giants alongside the Odyssey Trust, um, which is the hashtag Bleed Teal One Hundred. So the idea is that by the end of this year, um, they want to try and get hundred pints of blood uh, donated here in Northern Ireland, um, and for each pint that's given. If I remember correctly, or for what from what I've read correctly, it's for each pint given by a, um, each pint given by a fan, they will receive a free pint of beer yep. at the Odyssey in the last game of the season. And I think was there someone was there talk they're trying to arrange for like a sponsor then to also donate money for each pint or something. Yeah. So, so um, AVFTV put this out on their episode this week, um, and it's as you said, it's the hashtag um, Bleed Teal One Hundred. Um, so it's a pint for a pint. Um, so you donate a pint of blood yep. if you're going to do it take a photo of yourself donating blood um, put the hashtag on uh, tag the guys from A View From The Bridge in the photo as well 
um, they'll add you onto the uh, the list. This is how you get your pint. Is how you many have pints to... can I give? Well, um, I think you only you can only give every is it every six, four or six weeks or every something. six weeks or so. Um, some people can give blood. Some people can't. If you can't give, um, at least pass on the message um, to someone else. Um, I I know personally I can't give blood um, because I'm slightly anemic, so therefore I'm, they don't take my blood. Um, but uh, yeah, if you can't give blood, at least pass on that message to get someone else to take it. Um, yep. I also have family members who who work uh, for the blood tra- blood transfusion service, and I know firsthand just how important it is to get donors through the door um, because they're always constantly looking for blood um, because there's always short supply. So if you can, please give. I've got to admit, it's not my favorite thing to do, but I am feeling like I probably should. Um, I'm not a rare blood type or anything in the slightest, but um, it's probably been about five or six years since i gave blood mostly because i'm genuinely terrified of needles yeah um but i feel like i probably will get involved with this one um you will probably see my crying face at some point on twitter with my selfie with a needle in my arm uh, at the blood transfusion service but that's that's, that's also a good, good thing to point out though like i appreciate we should be doing this for the, for the cause but if you do not know your blood type if you give blood they will tell They'll you, tell they will you, tell you yep. your blood type. Yeah. Which so is always you, very important to know if you don't know it. Exactly. So you will get something. If you don't know your blood type, you're going to find something out as well as helping a good cause. It also yep. helps to know what your blood type is as well for, for future. If you if you um, have a partner and you're going to have children and you'll know all that information too because plus and mag- pluses and negatives and let's not get into the science of it all. But if you if one person's a plus and there's, there's Reese's negative. Yeah, negative all that blood, stuff. And yeah. it actually comes in handy if like your significant other is pregnant and has a negative blood type and you have a positive blood type because you're going to need antibodies and all that stuff. But anyway, let's not get into all that. into one born no. every minute? But that's, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I know I had to go get checked because... Amy's Reese's Plus, and I'm Reese's Plus as well. So, so you're finding no problems there? No problems. Anyway. Whereas I'm a plus, and I know my partner Aoife is a negative, so we have separate. There you go. Don't look at me judging. I have a little book somewhere that tells me what my blood group is, but I don't even know what it is. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted I to mention that. I just know that I'm Reese's Plus. Mine, anyway. Mine's red. <laughs> Um, so yeah i just wanted to mention that story just before we moved on from period one so that will bring us swiftly to the end of this period and we'll move on to period two of hockey (laughs) oh it's me dave's not here dave's not here man dave's not here okay so uh, in this period two we're going to talk about everything in international hockey you say everything there's not everything everything across the pond everything that's not not from the UK, pretty much. Okay, um, Dave always likes to start this off with a day in the history, so I done a very, very quick Google there. And on this day, which is the twenty sixth of September, um, back in let me bring up the page, back in nineteen sixteen, which is well over a hundred years ago. What is he doing? Oh, he's checking his blood out. Oh, he's checking his blood out. <laughs> back in nineteen sixteen, former NHL right winger Cliff Perper. Fido Perper uh, was born and he went on to play in the NHL from uh, 1934 to 1935 and then 1944 to 1945 for Detroit, Chicago and St. Louis. So he played for three teams in the space of only what, two years? No, 34 to 45. No, 19, so he played in 1934. That's the year. Oh, duh. Yeah, he played in that season. <laughs> <laughs> the other season. I thought you meant he played in 1934 to 1935. I played for like 11 pl- seasons. And then he played again in 1944 <laughs> to 45. I was like, did he go to war? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's change it. He played from 1934 
45. There we go. That made more sense. I'm assuming. There we head. go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That wasn't Dave that put that information in. Yeah. How was dare it? you just simply Google. Dave just knows that stuff instinctively. Dave, Dave is our encyclopedia for this kind of stuff. Anyway, um, so we've got, we've got some two good stories here. Um, I'm actually going to go pick on Marty here for the very first one, even though it's my story, but I want Marty to tell it. Oh, am I telling the story? Oh, okay. right. <laughs> well, I mean, you're the most qualified to Thanks tell it. Thanks for me. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Ready? Yes. Marty, do you want to tell us about this amazing story that's coming out of the Maple Leafs? Yes. Um, so uh, this story is doing the rounds um, at the moment. This is actually from an incident that happened in May of this year. <clears throat> so if you haven't heard the story, basically what has happened is that a lady who is a security guard, um, a female security guard. Um, a a lady a, female security guard? A lady female security guard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> a lady, a lady female security guard. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm saying. Now. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, has accused Austin Matthews of dropping his pants in front of her, uh, and she was livid let's, over the whole. Let's situation. be clear. We mean the North American meaning yes, of pants, yes. jeans, trousers, trousers jeans, trousers. chinos. Uh, he yes. dropped them and did the no pants dance. Yes, but he had pants. But he had, but he had pants on underwear slash boxers, whatever you want to call them. He had them on, and he. Uh, basically mooned her with his underwear still on um but there was more to it i think at that point i think um within that space i think he was just i think the whole idea was that it was in a it was in a a, gar- a, a garage uh parking garage or parking um parking lot parking lot or what do we call it here car park um <laughs> <laughs> i was like what do you call it um, <laughs> say that more belfast next time car park car park car park um so basically what she is saying was that she uh he she felt that he that that him and his friends were invading her personal space um whilst they, drunk whilst, whilst drunk, drunk and they yeah. also i think tried to take her car or jokingly tried to steal her car um and she legitimately you can imagine it was two o'clock in the morning she was in the the parking lot of the of the of the of the apartments that she lives in um some you know, rowdy, you know, 20 year olds are trying to break into her car, giving her a bit of hassle. Uh, they're all drunk. And then this all happens. And um, she she highlighted the fact that she was um, a serving officer in the um, army and who came back from basically serving and she had PTSD. And a lot of that has kind of played into how much it caused her distress um, and that the police and stuff are looking into it and are following up on it. Um, Austin... Um, is up in court for this uh, following the incident um, and he is due in court then I think next month in order to face those charges um, he the, the, the Leafs did come out and say that they are aware of everything that happened they were made aware of it when it happened and that they wouldn't be making any more um, comments on the situation um, Austin himself um, you know he he pretty much said he wasn't going to make any other further comments actually on on the thing either because he's obviously he was saying that he's at the moment he's ready he's getting ready for the season he's not going to make any more comments to um media all he did say was that he regretted any actions that he caused that would um, cause any stress to the individual um and also any uh, distraction that he's putting on the team at this current time moving into the start of the season um it is a, a disorderly conduct charge um, within the state uh, within Scottsdale um, that he is going to be facing, um, and I think if I read correctly, I think it was did they say it was up to six months? I think was the charge possibly yeah possible six months. You know, fine, rightly he's not. No, serving six it's not going to happen. And we actually have a little feature in our uh, overtime segment, which will fit into this nicely, and you'll see why he will not be serving six months. Um, and we will talk about that later. Um, this is uh, before you guys mention, before you guys make any comments or cracks about it. Austin Matthews obviously is. You make a crack about it. Hey. <laughs> um, Austin Matthews good. obviously <laughs> is. Um, you know, currently the um, the the Toronto. 
um you know golden child at the Mr. moment. Mr. Maple Leafs. Yeah, he is the golden child at the moment and the whole talk had been that he was uh you know on for potentially becoming the the captain for the Maple Leafs this coming season. Whether or not that has an impact, whether or not something comes from that, only time will tell. That C is not falling off his jersey because I, of a potential misdemeanor with him mooning someone. I don't think so. I think it is a young, He's still Mr. Maple Leaf. Uh, I think it's a young 22-year-old uh, having too many drinks in the off-season and I think, yeah, I think it's, it got carried away. I think it, it got, he done something really stupid. He has apologized for it. It will be followed up. And uh, although he has caused distress to this lady and this lady, and, you know, rightly so, this lady has um, made the comments that she's made. Um, and she doesn't think that the laughing and everything else that was going on about it, even, you know, I don't think she thinks it doesn't. It's and Again, I agree, two o'clock in the morning. Um, but um, only time will tell. We'll see what happens. Mm. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, and now we've got John with another story. You haven't read it, have you? Nope. <laughs> An okay. interesting read if we're discussing the final draft. Is what, Fantasy draft? Fantasy draft, right. So, fantasy hockey. Put it in context. We'll put it in context. So, um, our friend and listener, uh, Mark, has invited us uh, for to get involved with his fantasy hockey league. We... I think three of us so far, if not four. Well, no, you haven't read any of them, so you're sp- clearly not involved. Aaron. Uh, awkwardly, there was only three spaces left. Oh, um, that's kind of awkward. And I think uh, Mark went for you over Aaron. No, 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 no. <laughs> completely agree with you there. Can Aaron, I, like, cup your ears? Aaron, Aaron was standing in front of him when he said it. He was like, uh, do you think John would be interested? <laughs> do you think John would be interested? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, Aaron's compl- standing right there. No, I completely <laughs> agree with you. If you wanted a good last place, I would be up for it. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, we're we're all get, the three of us are then are getting involved with uh, this fantasy league this year, and this is it's the first time really that all of us have kind of pushed into sort of fantasy hockey properly. Yes, we all know Marty, you tried to get us involved I last tried season. Tried getting it last year, and um, you all shot me down. I think just Mark saying. just framed it better. It's just all in Mark's the sales pitch. Yeah, it's just in the sales pitch. Um, so I Marty looks really disappointed well, there. He does. He looks yeah, like he looks a bit dejected. Properly yeah. heard him there. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it just looks like it's gone straight Continue. through. Thank you. Um, so, I've actually been keeping more of an eye on all the fantasy stuff. So, obviously, we're about a week away from the NHL season kicking off properly. And the fantasy stuff, I always would just overlook. I wouldn't really go into it. But I found an interesting one on the Hockey News, which is the top 10 fantasy hockey sleeper picks for um, this season. Makes for some interesting reading. I'm not going to go through it all. I've put the link on our website. Um, I mostly don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to give too much away about what I'm going to do for the draft. Well, I'm well. I don't want to give away mine either um, because I've already made my list of who I want. Um, Mm. I'm taking this quite serious this time around. Oh, me too. I went through. I've looked at all the stats. I've looked. I've actually read a couple of these um, things. Like, oh, some interesting insights here. Um, I could. We could probably give you John. We could probably give you Dave's. Because I think one of Dave's is probably in this list as well. But we could probably make up Dave's for you if you want. I think the one that you're going to say for Dave, I will give away that <laughs> this guy probably would be on mine oh, right, as okay. well if we're talking about Kevin Fiala from the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Kevin Fiala obviously was traded to the Wild yeah. um, by the Nashville Predators. He That was a heartbreaking trade for me. So we're saying it's going to be a fight for Kevin Fiala between you and Might you be and a fight Dave. for Fiala, yeah. Um, so it's proper it's not one of these ones where you can have whatever player you want you no, have. no 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 yep. so our, our league our league is set up I think there is there 15 of us in the league it'll be 16 16 it'll be 8 and 8 um, so we in a week's time or so are doing our draft isn't that the Sunday might be this I can't remember I'm going to no, look no. at it again it's a week's time John you worry about yeah, it in yeah. a week's time <laughs> um, so we've got our our fantasy draft so um, we'll all be assigned a draft pick number 
mm-hmm. um, on the lists and we select our players. So we're looking for a couple of goalies, uh, four defensemen and six forwards. Yep. Um, so it's essentially like we're playing two line fantasy hockey. Yes. Sort of. Yep. Um, and then I think we're allowed one additional player for sort of swapping in and out. And then we can obviously do trades as yeah, we so go through have, the season. Yeah. So you, yeah, you're right. And then you have the four additional picks is not then yeah rather than yeah so there's there's a lot of sort of stuff goes through it but the idea is that you're uh you're getting points based on the way that these players um go about themselves during the season so if they're producing goals assists their time on ice um their productivity dave their plus minus um all of that gives you points mm-hmm. um and then essentially it's a race to be first so you want the most productive players on your team to give you the higher points uh, to win the league. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be quite interesting. Um, this sort of sleepers, so the I think what this thing is all about, it's about the players that you may not go looking for, but may be good points producers. I was going to say, it might not be that they're constantly giving points, but they're consistent. Yeah. So, sorry, I should, yeah. I should say that there is... A- seven teams per division so it's 14 all together all right it's two divisions in ours so we're, we're part of the slapshot cup um i think it's brilliant it's, uh and there's two divisions <gasps> i heard that happen uh there's two divisions there's uh the reggie dunlop division and then there's the hansen brothers division For some reason i'm i'm in the other division from you guys see you in the final mate oh, oh okay yeah so you so john and dave and um friend of the show um is actually there, you guys are in the Hanson Brothers. Yes. One. I'm, I'm in the Reggie Dunlap one. <laughs> but the only problem. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Continue. You're getting way too involved with looking at your sorry. phone while we're doing the podcast. You forget no, that we're actually recording. I'm, I'm, I'm what? Yeah. We are recording. Sorry. We're recording. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> so anyway, now that Marty's completely sucked into all of this already, um, we're probably not going to see much of him through uh, the, the season. The now podcast. he's going to be nose deep in his fantasy team. No, but I know. Like, there's like. So I'm going to have competition here because, like, um, nope. Sorry, go. <laughs> Put your Who's phone dying? down. Dying. You're going to have dying. competition because it dying. is a competition. I'll explain yeah. after. <laughs> no, but so, I'll explain after. Really, what I wanted to put out there was there is so much stuff to read about fantasy hockey. Like, yes. this is just one piece. And I know that, like, the three of us, we, like, you, me and Dave, Marty, like, we've been absolutely hammering through all this. I have my list of players um, I know Dave has his list of players. I have mine. You have your list of players. The draft is going to be so interesting yep. to see who gets like, who. Who gets who? Yeah. How your team looks by the end of the draft. I'm actually already having fear over the fact that like I have my list and I've got yeah. my. I'm having competitions. I'm like, right. I know who my first draft pick is, and then I'm like, so I need to get it. I need to get in there. I'm like, I I've got. It, I've got it. Right. No. One. One thing. Let's reveal one thing each. Not a player. Right. No. But let's reveal one thing. Right. What position are you aiming to fill with your first draft pick? I'll openly admit what mine is. I'll You're go first. Goal, I'm going, going for goal. Yeah, I know you are. Are you going for offense? I'm going for offense. Well, we all know Dave's going for uh, goaltending as well. Yeah. So I I have a feeling that quite a few people's first picks are usually go. I think is it tends to be goalkeeping. Has to be goaltending. It has to be goaltending. But I I'm going offense. You going for uh, Mr. Maple Leaf? Because I know who. I know who I'm going for in terms of my go- my goal my goal my goal. Tending. What happens if he goes because to jail? My goal ten. No. <laughs> I didn't know that's how I want. Shut up, John. That's, that's what's up. happening. If he goes to jail, he's not going to be producing any points. Shut up, John. 
Um, oh, no one said it for that. Yeah, no, my goaltender and I know who I want and it's okay because he's slightly further down. So I'm, I'm hoping Bishop. that no one's going to go for this person. I'm not going in it. I'm not giving away any details. Oh, sorry. Right. Talking of individual names, right. So I was going through the available players. Yes. Now, I did mention this uh, last weekend you did, to you guys. Actually, yeah. So, Aaron, I'll ask you because you weren't part of this conversation. Can you think of anyone interesting that we've discussed on this podcast who may be available for the fantasy competitions? Who may be draftable? Now, you're, I'm not talking about an NHL all-star here. I'm talking about someone who might be available for the fantasy draft, but you may not expect it. No. Awkward silence. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting it on. No? It's Liam Kirk. Young Kirky is available oh, for sh- drafting in the fantasy draft this year because... He played at the Prospects this year. Because he was invited to Prospects camp this year. Oh, wow. Now, he would be a silly pick, <laughs> if I'm perfectly honest, yeah. because he's not going to produce anything this year he would be dead weight on your team it, it wouldn't be worth having him but it's pretty cool the fact that you can go through the fantasy drafts player selection and, and find there. Liam Kirk yeah so that that was quite cool uh, I'm sure he's probably aware of that himself that he could probably select himself for his own uh, fantasy team um, but yeah I thought that was pretty cool just before we finish off the story our, our draft is this coming uh, Sunday the 29th is that Sunday it is yes 10pm um, there was talk that Dave wanted to twitch it or do something. He, he said he's going to tweet something it or twitch it. Yeah. He said he might twitch it. So, uh, yeah, check out for that. So, I'm if sure you want to see somebody sitting fantasy drafting, is I've that got to be honest, it's not that, my thing. No. It's Dave's thing. Is that literally just watching someone pick names from yeah. the drop down list? I mean, it's probably more entertaining than watching the Elite League draw the Challenge Cup out of an M&S bag, but like, <laughs> hey. eh, possibly. But yeah, essentially, it's uh, watching Dave click a couple of buttons. Did he want you guys to join him to to do like... I've got to be honest, I probably won't be. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. It's it's not my thing. You you go ahead. If any of our listeners are avid Twitchers, I mean, Twitchers. isn't that bird watching? I don't know. That's bird watching. I mean, I work in the environment. That, that's bird Twitch. watching. Yeah. Weird. Birdwatchers are called Twitchers? Yeah. Okay, sorry, we're going way off topic again. But anyway, yes, Dave, Dave may well, be I learned twitching something. while he's <laughs> fantasy drafting. Um, sounds like such a pile of euphemisms. It's unbelievable. Um, but anyway, yes, he may be twitching while he uh, drafts. <laughs> <laughs> if, anyone's con- if anyone's concerned that he's having a fit, then, I don't know, maybe phone 999 while you're watching. Sorry, huh? Why are you? Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> Aaron once again forgot that he was in charge of this period. Um, that looks like that's the end. We have nothing for the penalty box, so let's move on to period three. Period three then is our general knocky news. news. Knocky news is where we get to discuss anything and everything else in the world of hockey that we think needs talked about. Um. Marty, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, you found quite an interesting story here about um, drug testing being a good thing. Yes. Um, so this, um, <clears throat> I think the story follows on from the World Championships this past year, um, International Hockey Federation uh, World Championships in Slovakia, um, when Team Canada were playing 
Um, and as part of the obviously championships, the mandatory drug testing that takes place um, as part of that to make sure that the players are all eligible to play and all that good stuff. Um, so Canadian ice hockey player Shay Theodore um, has spoken about how the drug testing in his in this case actually helped kind of potentially save his life. Uh, the drug testing was carried out, um, as I say, as part of the world championships. And as such, uh, he tested a positive uh, for hom- hormone HCG, which is normally found in women during pregnancy. However, if this hormone is found in men, it usually detects the potential for testicular cancer. In this case, the drug testing picked up the fact that he did have early stages testicular cancer, uh, which meant that the blood test, which confirmed that actually that was a diagnosis, meant that he could move quickly um, to get in surgery to remove any cancerous growths. Um, and he has been able to make a recovery. So um, it was quite an interesting one. I just thought I should mention it because um, obviously he's back now playing for Vegas this season. Um, and he, this just, there was a wee story that came out this past week where he was just saying that, um, you know, it's a miracle that um, that it was found and therefore that, you know, actually the drug testing in this case mm-hmm. was actually quite positive. So I just thought I'd put that one in there. Just imagine that's, that's going to be random drug testing. So it's not that the entire Canadian team no. would be selected for <clears throat> anti-doping testing. It was him from and that was following their silver medal game wasn't it yeah um so they won silver he got tested and then gets told of these results and i mean that's it's a random so, random choice or a, a random yeah it's a, a so random it's selection a, by the double ihf anti-doping and, um, and funny enough that's what he mentions <coughs> he said in a statement about how the fact like he said he said that if he hadn't been chosen this time around for testing um um and that the cancer had gone undetected from this yep. point it could have taken at least another year could be another two years before he was tested again or he's chosen or he's selected to do drug testing and it may not have been picked up for another year or two and at that point the cancer could have got further and he wouldn't yeah. have even known about it yeah mm. it's amazing um moving on then dave has actually done some work for this podcast and uh well well Someone let's say he did, did and he didn't his yeah, wife his wife his wife did his wife then, did some work and then sorry. i i took that link i took that story and i put that story into the running order so dave we'll, we'll give it to dave anyway we'll give it to dave but, but to also be fair, mark put it in yeah mark mark, mark did, did also send it in as well whenever we put the tweet out asking if anyone had anything they wanted to discuss um Anyone who knows anything about hockey will have seen the story. This kind of went a bit mad over the last sort of week or 10 days. Um, this is the story of uh, a Russian ice hockey team who have um, brought in an unusual man of the match presentation where the players are um, presented with an AK-47 assault rifle. Is that for every man of the match for every game or just for this particular game? Um so basically, as part of the tradition, the team's best player from the last home match will actually receive a Klashkinov, a Klashkinov, Klashnikov, Klashnikov rifle for personal use. So yes, every single man in the match is going to get one. Yep. Um, it's, have, have you seen the other thing that they used to give out as a prize? Um, well, no. If you read it, if you read it correctly, um, this is only one of the weird, wonderful man of the match prizes that's been go- that's been given out across the world. Um, so one of the um, for footballers in South Africa and um, or so five gigabyte. So uh, in one place in South Africa. Uh, oh no! Wait, hang on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. A, a South five African- gigabyte of uh, internet data was awarded to a footballer in South Africa and a pair of sandals in Ghana. As a man of the match award, um, <laughs> yeah, it's but- it's nuts. But so the reason that the Kalashnikov is given to the players in this place is the the town uh, Ishtal is the home of Kalashnikov Concern. So that's where the factory is that's producing these. Um, 
I, I don't is know there if there's special. Is there anything special about the rifle? Is it engraved or no? Or it just like from the photo, it is literally just a Kalashnikov. Uh, yeah. I mean, who'd be brave enough to go and like beat them at home, knowing fine rightly that like for every game, their player of the match has a rifle that like, you're essentially playing a team that in their locker stalls they've got um, stick tape. Uh, maybe a spare jersey, a spare visor for the helmet, and an assault rifle. Yeah, <laughs> it was the manager. It's just the fact that the manager walks in. Um, if you watch the video, it's quite interesting. When the manager walks in um, to the change rooms, obviously with it, and he, he cocks it and stuff, and he's like announces this is going is about going to get if you're the best player match. And there's a joke around. Um, Congratulations on the win, but uh, if you play poorly, we're going to shoot you with it. <laughs> I'm like. Uh. Okay, not so that's lo- a local factory. What would it be, what would our local factory be? So, so you win man of the match and you get a pack of potato crisps. Ooh, the, well, the t- potato used to I don't know box of potato. Yeah, but you get bush mills, which is obviously you mm-hmm. get you know locally here in Belfast. Well, you know I don't know what's what's made in Belfast anymore. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Not ships. No, oh, ooh. <laughs> sorry. Oh, oh. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Right, we'll swiftly move on. Um, I've probably made lots of enemies in Belfast all of a sudden. Um, Right, almost every episode we have discussion around jerseys. I found this one today, guys. I think this is brilliant. Um, So the San Jose Sharks, Hmm. they are well known, apparently locally, as being the, the best team for like game night giveaways. And the main one I brought this up is because now, this season, uh, because the Giants were in the CHL, we had the opportunity to buy Sockies, which is the sort of soccer-style, rugby-style shirts in the same pattern as the jerseys. Um, closer fitting, kind of probably more suitable for wandering about town with rather than wearing a jersey everywhere, which, to be fair, I do in the winter anyway. Um, but it was the name of them. So in the NHL, these things have a different name. They're called Shirsies. Jerseys, as in shirt jerseys, jerseys. So not really mixed up with Game of Thrones. No, no, definitely not. Shame, Bell Bell. Shame, Shame Bell Bell. Um, so I sharks. Put a bell in there. You didn't have to say Bell Bell. <laughs> well, you can always take it out and put a bell in there if you want. Um, so the sharks have um, got together with five local artists to get ready for their promotional nights, which are spread across the whole season. Um, the artists have come up with like alternate logos and um, sort of different designs for these shirseys. So the first one will be on Saturday, October 19th, which is a Los Tiburones shirsey. Um, looks quite cool, a bit tribal. Um, really interesting design. Mm. Then on November 16th, the Shark Freak shirsey will be uh, given out. Marty, that was the one you kind of went a bit... Ah. Yeah. Um, so this this one is more, way more interesting. So you've essentially got a shark with bulging eyeballs, with its tongue hanging out and a stick in its mouth. That it's Has it gone breaking. through a wall or something like it's that? Coming, yeah. It's like broken yeah. through a tank or something, I imagine. Okay. Uh, interesting one. Um, they've got a couple other um, sort of theme nights, which we'll not go into. The next one then is in January. They have the open water shirsey. Uh, which actually looks really cool. I really like the the open water shirsey. So there's a, a shark swimming in essentially open water. Um, I think that one looks really, really cool. The next one is on the 1st of February, which is the graffiti shark shirsey, which Kinda I'm going to be fair, it looks, a bit, it looks a bit hippie-ish. I think it looks terrible. I think that's the worst. Hippie-ish stroke Scooby-Doo-ish? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It does kind of <laughs> look Scooby-Doo-ish. 
The last one then, it will be on March 21st, which is the Shark Uprising jersey. That's my favourite. I was going to say, it's it looks quite, very retro 80s. Yeah. yeah. It kind of reminds me of like Thor, the last Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Movie. It does, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not technically jerseys. They're shirts. They're jerseys. They're sockies. They're whatever you want to call them. But these will be given away during these games. If those games are not already sold out by people who want those particular jerseys, then if I could, I would be going on March the 21st are they, to San are Jose. They game worn? Are they going to be game worn? No, no, no. So they're, they're, they're t-shirts. Like the t-shirts. They're oh, t-shirts. they're just t-shirts. They're not oh, jerseys. Okay, yeah. That was yes, part of the that. whole conversation. The whole thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing I will say it's is... Really for everyone. The one yeah, thing obviously. I will say is obviously <laughs> there's arena give, uh, full arena giveaways of like other t-shirts. Like obviously you mentioned you kind of passed it because you were saying there, there's other things that happened. But I really want a bobblehead. Just a free bobblehead. You know, going in is like your free pl- your player. Here's a bobblehead of your favorite player. Those are really expensive. Like, look how much you but pay for a, give them a for, Funko Pop. They now. give them away for free at these I games. At these games. I want one. Remember <laughs> we, when we were in Vegas, we saw there was a shop there that you could get the done. Yeah, you it was could. like six hundred dollars. Yeah, your own yeah, bobblehead. Yeah, your own. I really want my own bobblehead. That's what I want. <laughs> yes, it's my I mean, dream. <laughs> really, you want a bobblehead of yourself? Of myself. Like doing what? Looking over you while you sleep? Just be really funny. Okay, okay, I'm gonna move on from that. That's a bit weird. Moving on. Moving on. Um. Right, last story for Noki News then. Um, Aaron, you found this one. This is um, fantastic news, actually. Um, actually coming out of Seattle. On, yeah, it comes on from our last couple of podcasts where we've been focusing on uh, females coming more into more into the sport. And this one uh, is from Seattle, as you were about to say there. And it has hired its first round of, of scouts. And it has hired the former Team USA and hockey a Hall of Famer, Cami Granato, 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 um, who will become the first uh, NHL female pro scout. Now we do have the NHL does have female uh, amateur scouts. Yep. So she's the first um, uh, female pro scout, um, and that kind of goes on from their trend. They 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 want to be diverse. Uh, the franchise so far, the Seattle franchise so so far has about sixty employees. And fifty percent of its vice presidents are females. Yeah. So it's 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 really. How many vice presidents do they have? <laughs> I don't know, but fifty percent of them are currently. <laughs> the franchise is currently just at just over sixty employees in total, and more than fifty percent of its vice presidents are females. I wonder how many vice presidents. They'll have, have like vice president of marketing, vice yeah, president of um, projects. But anyway, more than fifty percent. Sorry, yeah. That, that's that's, that's pretty story. cool. I do love the statement from GM Ron Francis. Um, so he talks about when he took the job, um, he was encouraged to continue the mantra of thinking outside the box by mm. the the owners. Um, and he says when Cami's name came up, um, he was like, I know she's a female pro scout for us, but her resume is why she got the job. Yes. Um, so like she is um, gold medal winning Team USA from the 98 Olympics, yep. um, which was the first Olympics to include women's hockey. So she actually won... The, or was part of the team that won the first ever women's gold ice hockey medal. Um, she's in the IIHF. She was inducted to the IIHF um, Hall of Fame in 2008 and the US Hockey Hall of Fame in 2009, uh, as well as the Hockey Hall of Fame the following year. So she had three big years being inducted to the three major Hall of Fames. So mm-hmm. she's being hired on her own merits. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. You know, it's, yeah. And that's that's been needing to come. And that's... I think that's probably the best news story I've seen come out of the new expansion team in Seattle. 
yeah. so far. I mean, we got the massive news about their season ticket pre-sales, which went through the roof. Um, the last podcast I was here for, um, we saw the development that's going on with their arena. So they've basically gutted out the, the whole arena. Um, it's basically just a, a roof with no structure at the minute. Yep. Um, so they are moving on leaps and bounds. They're looking at coming through the expansion in 2021, I think. Yeah. Um, so obviously she, the, um, you know, she's been announced as the first female pro scout. Um, and it's obviously 2019, but 2018 was the first ever amateur scout, mm-hmm. female scout. Um, and, and do we know which team hired that I person? do because we spoke about it at the time. Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> so Toronto hired the first why female. Brought this one on. Yeah, we, we spoke about it last year. It's great to see that already in the space of a year we went from this, and we are we were talking there about uh, in the last podcast we were talking about um, the reference system and about they were mentioned say that yep. you know that it wasn't to do with what if it was female or male it's who's whoever's best for the and that's job. That's what it should be. And a great another yep. great example of that. Yep. And <clears throat> again, I think it's a great and again this franchise. Um, more to come this this I'm I'm sure we'll be talking about this franchise throughout our whole season um, because as we head towards uh, mid-season and the announcement of the name which is supposed to be coming around January time I'm sure um, we'll be building up speed around into that and obviously coming into the next season with the uh, draft and everything else that will come from that we talked about the the four ref system earlier uh, for I can't remember the league yeah, no, NHL <laughs> <laughs> um, no no whispers stories about that for for female refs at all or only the last one that we are the only one that we've ever seen in the elite league was obviously uh Liv Anderson um but she's now returned back home and is officiating back home again um so at the minute I I honestly I couldn't tell you what is potentially to come up through the system mm. um but there's there's nothing at the minute as far as I'm aware no. definitely not in the elite league um if there's any potential for that to come up through I don't think any of us would complain about it because mm-hmm. I think when Liv was here, we all 100% said she was the most competent uh, official on the ice. Yep. Uh, she was a lines person, but honestly, she probably could outperform most of the refs on any given night. She could definitely outskate all of them. She could outskate half of the players, to be fair. Um, Grant, that brings us to the end of Noki News because there's nothing in the penalty box. Marty, I've remembered this time that it's my job to go on and do the stars. Congratulations. Um, so the star segment, um, obviously a couple of podcasts ago we announced that we were changing the format around a little bit and we were moving to our um, single star each which would then be put to the vote. Uh, on the first podcast of, let's call it this season, uh, Dave walked away with the win. Uh, and left us in his dust the last podcast I obviously wasn't here for uh, but we do have the uh, result um, and we have the coveted prize which, which, isn't, I it, which isn't in that box it's actually not, sitting downstairs oh. on my fireplace so I have the box <laughs> you didn't even win last time <laughs> you, know, you put it on your Dave didn't take it home and left it here as I, I put it on my fireplace because I thought it looked nice I won, so I, I won I have the empty box here with the coveted prize um, and obviously I won for my card of devils you absolutely did clearly. not <laughs> clearly not you got one vote and I'm led to believe it was yourself I'm pretty sure I voted for myself <laughs> that's incredibly narcissistic um, I was trying to include the entire league by just <laughs> including card of devils to be fair hmm. um, so the results of the poll are in reverse order um, in fourth place um, is <laughs> Aaron's Card of Devils. With I just believe that uh, all our Card of Devil fans must have missed that episode. <laughs> Clearly. 
Clearly. Well, actually, let's let's be perfectly honest. I'm in last place because I was disqualified for not turning up for the podcast. Ah, so yes. I was in last place. Um, Sweet third. Aaron, <laughs> no, you're still in fourth. Fourth. Uh, Aaron in fourth place with the Cardiff Devils. Marty, you were in second place with uh, Chudinov's goal from uh, the defensive zone. Um, in second place. You said second place for me. You're, you're in third, third place. Oh, third. You said second place. I said, well, I meant third. Oh. In second place is Dave with Shane Owen. That means the fans have secured their first point in the competition with Kevin Rain. Don't boo the fans. Yeah, the (laughs) reason that we do this. Oh. So congratulations to the fans. That means it's a two-way tie at the top of the table with one win each between Dave and the fans. The rest of us are all way behind. So that brings us to the stars for this week. Um, I have guys, one. I just haven't written it in. It's a little bit light on here. I have here. one, but give me a minute. Marty has one. You go first. I'm going to go first. I'm going to give my star. My star is a weird one, as I want to do. I'm always picking the, the weird, unusual star. My star, believe it or not, is a referee. I know Whoa. exactly the reason why, and I think it's hilarious. My star is Dean Smith. Referee Dean Smith. The reason for this... Uh, and my nomination was his reaction to what I'm calling the nut shot uh, <laughs> in the SSE. Um, so last Saturday, Sunday, Sunday um, in the SSE, it was obviously the Belfast Giants against the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, during the, I believe it was the first period of the game, uh, their netminder Kevin Carr took what is essentially a low blow slap shot uh, from a Giants player. And had kind of crumbled a little bit. It was down in the ice for a little bit. And I kind of brought it to the attention of the guys. Like, he's definitely taken that below the belt. <laughs> um, he then jumped up and uh, threw his catcher and his blocker onto the top of his nets. And proceeded to put his hands down his shorts to check that everything was still there. That obviously <laughs> led to lots and lots of cheers from the fans around the SSE who found this quite funny. But... And I could have chosen the SSE fans for the reaction to that because that was quite funny in itself. But the best reaction on the ice came from Dean Smith, who reacted not only to Kevin Carr's predicament, but also to the reaction of the crowd. Dean Smith was creased on the ice. He thought it was hilarious and his reaction was brilliant. Um, So for that reason alone... He wasn't just stone-faced referee on the ice. He actually knew it was quite funny. <laughs> and his reaction was perfect and suited the situation. At oh, the Dundee game as well, there was a there was a moment where one of the linesmen yeah. accidentally went down and got brand, crushed. Brand new linesman. Kind of went down and got crushed under the players. And he was like... He skated in from the blue line uh, at a break in play. So the goalie had uh, covered the puck on, on the ice in his crease and obviously the linos come in and sort of get in the way if any players are going to start shoving whatever. Yep. They, it's their job to get in there straight away. But he lost his footing. The funniest thing was he lost his footing so far out. Like he got about three pushes uh, off his legs and then fell and he just slowly slid all the way to the crease to the goal line <laughs> and everyone just kind of stood watching and laughed but you could see him with his head on the ice he was like oh my god he's like i can't believe that's happened um but that, that was quite funny but the, there was another moment where the crowd all gave the 
well, the Belfast, you, yeah. as he sort of slid through into the crease. That was quite funny. But yeah, my star um, is Dean Smith. Okay, um, my star, I do have one, I just didn't write down there. Uh, my star um, comes again from Belfast, not surprising, um, but I, I, I kind of wanted to highlight this because I think um, I've, I, I've been very impressed up until this point. Uh, this season sees Liam Morgan play his first uh, season as a in pro hockey, coming from NCAA last season. Um, Liam Morgan has played two games in the league, two games in the Challenge Cup, so four games all together. Uh, but in the uh, in elite league so far, two games, two goals, one assist, three points, and in the Challenge Cup, two, ga- uh, two games played, one goal, one assist, and two points. So five points in total, two assists, three goals. It's been a great opening for this player. Um, not just obviously from the points production side of things in terms of the assists as well as the goals, but just his, his sheer determination, his sheer passion as he plays along the ice. And it's just, you wouldn't imagine watching this play, this kid play against all these, you know, veterans, shall we say, of uh, elite league hockey or pro hockey, shall we say. You wouldn't imagine that this is his first pro season um, because he has been in there. He's been getting just right in playing some phenomenal hockey so far at the start of the season and uh, that's he that's my choice for this week gotta say as well that's probably gonna hurt me in the vote later on but um, the A View from the Bridge Live he gave a brilliant account of himself oh okay he was absolutely fantastic yes. when he was interviewed yeah, uh, yeah. by Paddy and the guys at AVFDB Live a few weeks ago um, absolutely fantastic first pro season um, has that air of a kid who has a a big career ahead of him yeah um, so yeah, I, w- I would mirror everything else he, um, that you've said as well. It's one of those kind of things where young player, first pro season, you know, it kind of gives me that kind of feeling of like, you know, we- we've seen in the past a few players, I, I-, I just come in- come into Belfast, cut their teeth um, and really show what they can do. And I think this is one of those players where this is a gateway team for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I'm, I'm not sure if he's here on a college deal. I think maybe did he mention he was here for college? Yeah, I think yeah. he's here to do the masters and business. the masters and stuff. So I think this is a, a good gateway stepping stone for him into maybe a potentially bigger European league. Um, I'm obviously only time will tell, but he's had a great start and uh, he's very, very much impressed by him so far. Okay, brilliant. Uh, Dave obviously doesn't get a star this time around uh, for being a no-show. That and he didn't actually write anything in. Um, Aaron, have you got a star? Or I do, you... but I have another out there one. Like, okay. I think, well, I think it's not a player. It's not a ref. It's not a team, but it's a couple of people that are actually doing some amazing stuff for the Giants this season. And it's Paddy Smith and the guys. I think what they're doing with Cool FM and bringing, bringing advertisement and getting guys into the, the actual arena is, is, I don't know, is giving another podcast a shout, but I think they're doing a cracker job. 100%. To be honest, we've we've already picked them up. They're doing some fantastic work yeah, with the like um, Bleed Teal 100 um, they continually year in year out do absolutely fantastic work on the charity end of things the profile that they've gained um, through being the unofficial podcast of the Giants to the official podcast of the Giants um, Cool FM Cool FM now they're part of the Cool FM family their podcast goes out on the app um, yeah they they do nothing but raise the profile and they are they're hoisted up as a, one of the best podcasts in the Elite League, representing the Elite League as a product. Um, we're obviously completely different. We we don't we do are. that. And and to be fair, Paddy made a point of that. He did a brilliant uh, piece on podcasting for Kingdom of the Giants. Yep. Um, 
Paddy, thank you very much for the shout out to uh, Door 14 Hockey amongst many other podcasts uh, across the Elite League. But he, he did point out that we're something different. He gave us a shout out. So yeah, 100%. I, I would agree. The, the work that they've done, they're absolutely deserving of being down there in the stars. So yeah, 100%. Fair play. Um, that brings us to the fans. Um, this time, guys, poor show, guys. Um, not single fan nomination. So uh, we can ooh. we can say straight away. Did you away, put out a tweet? Did you put out five minutes ago? No, no, no. Well, they all know by now. You put out yesterday, um, didn't you? I mean, I'm not having a go at the fans, but they know that we need a, a nomination. Um, <laughs> let's let's be perfectly honest. That normally the fan um, nominations come from one of two people, and hey, it's hey, normally hey, we, got, either... we technically got four last week. Okay, okay. But two of them voted for the same person, and the other one was a tongue-in-cheek kind of one, and then the other one was already chosen by someone else. So, so to be honest, Joe, what are you playing at? What's <laughs> <laughs> happening here? Where's where's your nomination? How like, do we you get, just do we know who who put in the fan star last week? Oh, it was a couple of people put in the same name last week. Joe was just one of them, um, and then there was a couple of others. There's a few. Matthew, I think Matthew Matthew put in, Patton. Yeah, put he put in, in the same, same one, and then um, who else put in? There was three. I think three people all together. So suggested Kevin. Rain. Do they get it? Do they get the wee door fourteen star for two days to put on their mantelpiece? We'll, and we'll, then... we'll send them a photo. We'll send them a nice photo that we can keep. <laughs> um, so proudly yeah, show it on time... like their social media pages or something. <laughs> this time around, we know fine rightly that the fans will not be taking the point home in a couple of weeks' time because there's no nomination. So it's going to be between myself with Dean Smith, Marty with Liam Morgan, and Aaron with the view from the bridge guys. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to be fair. If I tag a view from the bridge in this tweet for this poll, like I think a view from bridge may have they may end up winning this one. Um, Marty, you can try tweeting Liam Morgan. You can go with what Dave did um, when he won with Paddy Ronka in the first week. Like that was all social media. Um, If anyone knows if Dean Smith has Twitter, can they just let me know? Because like at D Smith. I don't want to just tweet a random guy called Dean just, Smith. Just, just tweet all the Dean Smiths. All the Dean Smiths. <laughs> Get them so, to vote for themselves. It doesn't matter. Vote for yourself. It could be anyone called Dean Smith that folks. It could Smith. be, yeah, yeah. So, the key thing is here, guys, that one of us in two weeks' time, we're getting off the mark. One of us is getting a point. Ooh, Unless ooh, nobody ooh. votes or we all just vote for ourselves and it's just a total of three what votes. What if you ever get a tie? What happens there? I don't think we discussed this in the the bylaws for this we'll, season. We'll think about when we get to that point. I think we just award half a point each. I don't know. Anyway, that is the star segment and we will see who the winner is next time around. That brings us then to overtime. Marty, you had some fun with overtime this time. Yep. Uh, so overtime segment is just a last little point where we maybe want to just throw in a story that maybe either... Uh, matches up with something we've already talked about in this um, but doesn't really have a place or just maybe like a, a little story that just has caught our attention or like a, a rundown of like top we, we've had we've had different things in the past where we've had like jersey talk, conversations we've had things in the past where we've had like um, talked about the video games and stuff that were coming out in previous episodes uh, this one ties in with a, the story we talked about in the second period with Austin Matthews and his potential six month uh, prison sentence for his disorderly conduct uh, which we know is never going to happen um, but given that um, there is a list of um, 15 of the largest prison sentences handed down to NHL players um, I'm not going to go through all 15 but what I am going to do is I'm going to go with um, the 
maybe just maybe the 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 the, the bottom three maybe and then the top three is that okay mm-hmm. so i won't go through them all um but at the lowest end serving one a one day sentence um is dino cicerelli uh who had a one game suspension or one day uh prison sentence for assault um basically he uh used to play for the minnesota north stars he was known as an enforcer type player um they get out of hand a little um at times and he was involved in an on ice fight that got so bad that the other player had to be hospitalized uh he had to spend one day in jail along with a small fine and a suspension um you hardly knew that he was actually in prison so it doesn't really count that it was only one day um after him serving a two-day suspension uh, while for boating while intoxicated. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It's probably the best one that's on here, I think. <laughs> um, so he is a current player. Um, a night too much led to a bit of time in jail. Winnipeg Jets alternate captain Dustin Bifuglin? Bifo- Dustin Bufflin. Bufflin. Decided to go out on a boat one night in 2012 for some fun and relaxation. However, uh, his... Uh, Adventures on Lake Minnesota or Minnetonka uh, in Minnesota um, while intoxicated led to this uh, player then having to um, serve a two-day um, prison sentence, uh, 30-day suspended sentence altogether. I can't wait for this to be updated next year. Three days, <laughs> Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews, 20 minutes in a jail cell. <laughs> Pulling down mooning, his underwear. Mooning while intoxicated. <laughs> Pulling down his trousers, not even his underwear. Mooning while intoxicated. Um, and the last one we're just going to mention there is, this is uh, three days for a DUI, and this is Chris Pronger. Um, obviously, the probably quite a famous name on this list. Um, Chris Pronger uh, served a three-day three day sentence for a DUI, driving under uh, intoxication. Philadelphia's player, obviously, everybody knows, uh, won a Stanley Cup. One gold, three gold medal, one gold medals with Team Canada, multiple All Star games. If you didn't know him, wherever you live, see that photo of him from the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, like obviously when he was inducted to the Hall of Fame, um, just randomly, I've obviously been in that room. Because um, I, 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 I was wondering, I was wondering. The, the, the other serious thing is, does he not look a lot like Gritty there? <laughs> Do you think what? they based Gritty on uh, Pronger? His hair, it it's this weird poof of hair. I don't think I wouldn't. How much gritty. of that coffee have you eaten? If you eat coffee eaten, aye. Drink, drink, if you drink. Put, if you put glasses on gritty, those glasses on gritty, that looks like Chris Pronger. Okay, okay. Sorry, random one. <laughs> but anyway, the next carry, one. Carry on. The next one I wanted to make note of, um, only because we. Um, because it's in the list and uh, it falls into one of our other teams, someone else's team in this room. Uh, at number six. Uh, Patrick Coote 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 Coote. Um, two and a half years uh, for two robberies I think we talked about this before I think we did Um, but during the 1997-98 NHL season uh, Nashville Predators were looking for a big profile player and they got him in the shape of Patrick Uh, didn't make much of an impact on the ice Um, did had served a sentence then of two and a half years uh, in prison for robbery charges, uh, charged two separate accounts in Canada for can- uh, in Canadian banks. No, you you robbed um, banks. Banks. <laughs> a bank robber. Right. Banks. Uh, this obviously he was not being paid enough by uh, the 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 exactly. Preds at the time. Therefore, he had to go and find some money they to pay for whatever new. it was. Um, I I love his follow up arrest. Did you read further down? So in addition. Um, in 2002, he was arrested for possessing 30 pounds, pounds of, of marijuana. Weed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so unreal. I mean, you can't really argue um, personal use yeah, on that, can you? Exactly. 
Um, then we Some have of the rest of them get really dark. We have a number <laughs> of uh, drug traffickers and a number. Of, then we have one that's uh, conspiracy to commit murder. But our top three um, going third first in in, in third spot. Uh, Tony Demers, six years for manslaughter. Whew. Um, fifteen year sentence, but lucky for him, he only had to serve six. Um, life said he did. It was a life sentence, obviously for 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 murdering in Montreal and Canada. Um, we have in second place, we have Steve Durbano, seven years for smuggling. Um, seven magic number, clearly. Uh, Cracking porn mustache as well. <laughs> he does. <laughs> rested in nineteen eighty three for drug smuggling, given a seven year sentence. Um, even after his first sentence, he couldn't stay out of trouble. He got obviously that he also got arrested for drunk driving DUIs as well, so it added to his charge. And in top spot for uh, fourteen to fifteen years is Mike McBean for se- alleged sexual assault. Um, fourteen fifteen years for particular sexual assault. Uh, still in prison to this day. Um, worse crime obviously than anything. So uh, we won't really go into too much detail. No. Um, but that is the top of our list. Uh, so 15 years four, 4 to 15 years he's still serving the sentence I think um, I think it doesn't actually say when Lee Gwynn doesn't say when he went into prison so we don't know how long he served of that sentence but there you go um, so that puts it in a bit of context I think when you've got those and seeing that like one day was for yeah assault and we have one person who just pulled down his trousers I think he's fine okay you say that Sounds very similar to number one. That takes us to the end of our overtime segment. Just and like, look over here. <laughs> like, pretty much. It's a bit of attention seeking. Yeah. Um, and that takes us into our uh, last segment for the podcast. This uh, was uh, introduced uh, at the end of our podcast um, last time, uh, which we uh, we loved. Um, it became a qu- an instant hit for us anyway around this table. I have to be honest. So obviously I wasn't part of it. I was walking around the canals of Birmingham listening to you guys. It was a lovely day. And it's really fun to be on the other side as a listener, not knowing what's coming up. And we got to this stage and genuinely, hands down, no disrespect, Marty, to you and Dave, this was my favourite part of the entire <laughs> podcast. It was mine too, so don't you worry. So uh, without further ado, oh the pressure. <laughs> let, me, let me introduce our new segment, which is Aaron's ABCs of Hockey. Aaron, so um, go for a wee sleep after that was, that, that, was, that was nice. That's nice. Um, did you like the music that I put in for you as well? I do. I There's do. a little bit of artistic licensing and a bit of a bit of playing around we're, with it. We're not going to get sued I think for using that. No, no, I don't think so. I, th- I think it fit in soon. Um, first off, before we get before you get stuck in, just a quick, quick like minute, just telling explaining what the, how this came about or what it's what it's about for anybody who hasn't listened yet. So. Um, if you haven't listened, you might not have realized, or if you just listened to a few of them so far, you might have realized that I'm maybe not here for my not my holly my holly my hockey smarts. <laughs> uh, he doesn't know what the game's called, so I'm not clearly. Like, uh, what is it? What are we here for? Knocky, 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 knocky smarts. I'm not here for my knocky smarts. Um, so this year, uh, I have gone back to school pretty much. Uh, with my son Theo as I take him to bed every night and I read him a story, one of his favourite books. Um, am I allowed to co- say that like, we're okay to call out the book's name? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So the book is one of the best book names I can think or I've ever come across and it's Zed for Zamboni. 
Amazing. And it, I mean, is that a spoiler? Well, it's a spoiler, spoiler in that we could alert. go and, <laughs> and that we could go and get the book. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah, we know what Zed's for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what I meant. What did you think I meant? It's a spoiler in that. What we know else the, would Zed be it's, for? It's a spoiler in that we know what the book is now, and we could go yes. and get a copy of the book ourselves and cheat them from now on. So we know what it is. Wow. Totally Except it, he goes so off topic with the questions, like the based questions on based on a, like the questions were epic so i mean i hope i hope you've done as much prep time for b so we've had a already so what on was the a a was arena. a was arena oh and what can you remember about arenas oh don't ask these questions again i don't remember what the last i remember was. i i remember part of the the quiz um because the you biggest arena the biggest <laughs> arena was the montreal arena and i've been there oh yeah I, i've been there that was that was good job okay so the next one is well you tell me what is the next letter of the alphabet? It's B. B. Well done. So there's five points for Marty. Yeah, the points. <laughs> what do you think B stands for when it comes to the A, B, Cs of hockey? I'm going to guess. My guess for B would be beards. Beards. Okay. I'll give. I'm going to give Dave a shout out because Dave actually got this when I talked to him about it. A while I think back. Dave has this book. Oh, oh, is, oh cheater! Cheater! <laughs> I think I potentially bought this book for Dave's kids. Uh, it might be too, too, too involved. Is B for Bruins? It's not for Bruins, but I, 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 I like that. I, I, I do like, like original the, six. It's not for like. It's not for boards. No, no, uh, no. But you're you're probably closer, John, than than beer. Hands raised in victory. Well, okay, beard seems pretty. It's normal. to do with two of. Um, what have been voted the top 100 NHL players of all time? Bobby Orr? The two Bobbies. Uh, uh. Oh, God, it's going to be a Bobby Orr question. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> so, well, you've, there's two Bobbies here. Get off your iPad. <laughs> no, no, you can, you can get it. There's Bobby Orr and there is Bobby Hull. Okay, Bobby Hull. Bobby Hull. Who's Bobby Hall? <laughs> <laughs> so well, this is this is what this is all about. It's all about learning about hockey. Okay, so you mentioned Bobby Orr. Yes. What can you tell me about Bobby Orr? Bobby Orr hat trick. I got there first. Okay. Goal assist in a fight yeah, in a game. The, yeah, the Bobby Orr. <laughs> it's the Bobby Orr hat trick. The Bobby Orr hat trick. Okay. That's probably what he's probably most famous for. Yep. yep. Isn't it? Wouldn't it be? It would be his probably most famous part. And the Although fly, the fact the that flying, he's had such a long goal. Apart from the longest career, probably probably one of the longest careers in NHL. But the flying um, goal. The flying goal. He's known for the flying yeah. goal as well. So, uh, yeah, he's widely uh, acknowledged as one of the greatest of all time. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, he played in the NHL for 12 seasons, 10 with the Boston Bruins, um, and he's a two-time Stanley Cup uh, Stanley Cup winner. Yep. Um, and remains the only defenseman to have won a league scoring title with two Art Ross trophies. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, that's all older. It's just all other on the news. In 2017, he was named one um, hundred of the greatest NHL players. Um, and yeah, I, uh, what I really like about this now as well is that he's become well-known scout for uh, many professional teams. Yep. Yep. And then the other one, Bobby Hall, that you were like, who's Bobby Hall? I know Bobby Hall, but I don't know a lot. Of, I'm not going to lie. I don't know a lot about him, apart from I think he played for Chicago. I'm going to say I know Chica- He played for nothing. Chicago? Chicago Blackhawks, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's Jets. pretty much about all and, I know about. Uh, and for WHA, the Hartford Wheelers, Hartford Wheelers, oh, of okay. course. Um, Hartford, and again, it's, it's 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 very very similar story 
regarded as one of the greatest players of all time. Oh, did he have like the the most the the fastest shot or something or the quickest shot or something something pat something I don't know. I don't know. I don't have that here. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Go continue. Um, I suppose there is one thing. There's a lot of a lot of normal stuff there. Well, not normal stuff. Obviously, <laughs> being one of the greatest, he has a lot of really good stats. But one of the things is that uh, there is a uh, what you would call a Bobby Hall rule. Ooh, okay. come, heard of Bobby Hull, Hull rule before? No. No. Um, so Hall and teammate Stan Mika are catalysts for the 1960s craze where players would curve their blades of their hockey sticks, which uh, widely became to refer to as banana blades. Oh. Uh. There you go. And then he typically... Uh, so wait, is the rule that they're not allowed to do that now? Yeah, so the original rule uh, limited blade curvature to between one and a half and three quarters inch in 1970. Um, it was set to one and a half inch um, and now is three quarters inch. Okay. Because apparently the puck became wildly uncontrollable, especially uh, back because then. they didn't know it was going to go in and yep. obviously goalies weren't wearing masks it was, and stuff. That's exactly yep. it. That's uh, exactly it. So they were almost launching the puck like it was coming out of one of those like crazy high eye things. Yep. But uh, definitely two amazing players with uh, some amazing stories to go along. And there you go. I genuinely look forward to this section of the podcast. (laughs) I've learned so much in the last three minutes. Thank you, Aaron. You're very welcome. My voice went weird there because I don't know what's going on with it. Um, I do have a bit of a... Turn off the light and go to sleep. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not weird that there's a bed in this room. Um, (laughs) um, Yes, thanks, Aaron. That um, Again, another uh, great learning uh, lesson for us all. Um, And another... uh, ABC of hockey, both Hall, Hall of Famers as well, of course. So we of will course. obviously look forward to uh, our next letter, letter C. Can, oh, next I, week. Say, oh, I know my letters. You're a smart guy, Thank knowing so the letter C. Um, C could be interesting in the hockey frame. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um, okay, um, that takes us then to the end of this week's episode. Um, as usual, uh, you can get involved. Check out our previous podcasts, all that good stuff. Check out previous podcasts, blogs, everything else, all the information and all the content from this episode be up on our website at door14hockey.com uh, you can check out our or get involved um, join us uh, have a chat with us send your information your suggestions your stars even though no one did it this week send your stars for future episodes uh, and you can get in, you can get involved with that at door14hockey on all social media both Instagram oh, Instagram Facebook and Twitter at door14hockey um, I've got to apologise I know that I'm the social media person if you're only following us on Facebook I'm pretty sure you haven't had an update since about early 2018 did you not get the t- Facebook to automatically no Facebook pulled the um, support for crossing sort of like Facebook. Facebook yeah so it's all Mark Zuckerberg's fault so if you only follow us on Facebook I'm pretty sure this means Campbell um, that's the reason why because basically I'm lazy so sorry John 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 I one, blame Mark you have Zuckerberg. one job we're on Twitter and Instagram okay am I the only one working possibly in what way <laughs> on this podcast um uh if uh, i'm not even on my chain of thought um so yeah i don't think there's anything else for this episode if that's everybody's happy enough nothing nope, else all good all good and um, that'll take us to the end of this week's episode so without further ado i'm marty oh it's me i'm aaron and i'm john have a great week <laughs>